Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. Shireen Zamo here with you as your host today, and I'm joined by my very insightful guest, Ron Bauer. Ron is an entrepreneur venture capitalist with an extensive international investment experience background. He is a business mentor and an author. And with this long list of expertise, we have a number of areas that we are excited to explore with Ron. So let's get right to it. Ron, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Great. So Ron, let's get a little insight into you and your life. Do you mind sharing a little background story about who you are? Of course. Uh, My background is I'm a venture capitalist and principal investor. I've been an investor in startups and early stage businesses for the majority of my life. I've been doing what I do for over 20 years now. I've been involved in 50 to 60 startups over 20 years, had a a number of exits and success stories. And I've listed uh, dozens of these companies on uh, global stock exchanges that have included the NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, Toronto Stock Exchange, London Stock Exchange. So a fairly global in my focus. Amazing. So could you please tell us more about your company, Thesios Capital? Thesis Capital is a venture capital and principal investor. We work with founders and entrepreneurs on their journey from back of the envelope creative ideas all the way through to late stage advanced companies. We currently have a portfolio of uh, 15 plus companies and we're currently working with a handful of founders and entrepreneurs and we help them, you know, with everything from helping take their idea to setting the business up, scaling the business, raising capital, and planning for an eventual IPO down the road. It's not just early-stage companies, but it's also late-stage companies that are sort of stuck and need uh, consulting and, and guidance. So that sounds really interesting. And I mean, I'm sure you faced some challenges at the initial stages of setting up your business. So could you share some of those challenges with us? I think the biggest challenge is when you set up a business is knowing who your target audience is and getting people to buy into your story or your master plan. Too many people, they give up. They feel like if they fail and if people don't buy into their story, then it's time to change. One of my biggest challenges was obviously rejection and objections. And, you know, and I tell people just stay on your path. Don't give up. If you get rejected 10 times and one person says yes, that's normal. Rejection is normal. You can't understand true success unless you've had failure and you've tasted and experienced failure. So I think the biggest challenge in setting up a business is fear of rejection, fear of failure. Once you overcome that, then you can really enjoy and appreciate success. You make a really great point and I completely agree with you. I've actually had quite a few guests come on and say that picking or choosing their target audience is sometimes the hardest step. So when you say that, how did you go about deciding who your target audience was? How do you narrow it down? Because I'm sure you don't really want to isolate certain people. So how do you go about doing something like that? I think you have to be focused. You know, you have to look at instead of trying to be a jack of all trades and master of nothing, it's very important to be focused. Figure out the perfect avatar, the perfect client for you and pinpoint who your perfect client is, who your perfect audience is, and focus on that 
and don't give up and just stick to it. You know, my audience and my perfect client is a founder and entrepreneur. And although it sounds very wide and very, well, well, that could be millions of people, I've pinpointed it down to specific sectors and specific countries. So I've narrowed that list down dramatically. And then, you know, you just pinpoint and target that list slowly and chip away at it. So I think it's really important to be focused. That's key. That makes total sense. And I wanted to also ask you about your mission at the onset. What was it? and How did you come up with it? You know, my mission at the onset, it's difficult because I think some people start out with one mission and then they lead into another. And, you know, my mission was always to create shareholder value and create value, not just for myself, but for the people I work with. And if you think about creating value for your investors and making your investors money in a project, and you look at your return or your value as almost secondary, then I think you're destined to success. And too many people, they look at, what am I getting? What am I going to get? I never went into a deal saying, I'm going to make X amount of money, or I'm going to make a million dollars or $2 million or $5 million. And today, everybody wants returns and they want to be, they want these get rich quick schemes. And I think I've always looked at it as what value do I bring to the table? How am I going to help people? that I work with? How am I going to make investors money? If I make people money and I help them, then value will be there and I will make money too. And so I think that's always been my mission is to think about myself last or secondary before I think about investors and the founders that I work with. That's a really good point you make, Ron. And I completely agree with you about people looking into making a quick buck nowadays without going through all the difficult processes and like you said, getting rich quick. So it's really interesting to hear... It makes me happy to hear that there are still people out there that are genuinely wanting to give back and make a difference through what they do, especially on the investment and finance industry. So I guess throughout your journey, I'm assuming you had an inspiration. Maybe you didn't, but if you did, who would that be and what's the story behind that? I would say my parents were my biggest inspiration, still are. And I think that leads into what you just said in the lead into this question is that there, you know, my father always said to me, do what makes you happy. Don't think about making money, whether you want to go into the stock market, whether you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an artist, do what makes you happy. Think about money secondary. My father worked his whole life for a big company. He achieved, you know, great things working for a big company. He probably could have made a lot more money if he went independent and went out on his own doing less exciting things. But, you know, not everything in life is about making money and achieving uh, financial riches and success. It's about personal satisfaction and achieving your personal goals and making yourself happy. And so I think the biggest inspiration were my parents because they taught me that do what you love and the money will follow. And, you know, and they were right. You know, it's funny because just as you were saying that, I was just thinking about that, that generally people that are the richest in the world all started out just doing what they love and it just resulted in them becoming wealthy off of it. But that was never their initial goal. So it's great. As I've already mentioned, in addition to being a successful entrepreneur, you have also recently published a book last year, I believe, which is called Capital Raising Money in a Digital World. So just without any spoilers, could you give us the gist of what the book is about? Yes, of course. And so I wrote the book during the pandemic and it was supposed to come out last year. It was a a how-to guide or a manual for startup founders to learn how to take their back of the envelope idea or their startup and prepare themselves to raise money and stay private. Unfortunately, the case studies that I had in there and the companies that I had planned 
to keep as private, I ended up taking a number of them public because the market was just on fire. The stock market was just booming. I had to rewrite the book and it's actually being, it shows up on a number of websites that it's actually going to be released in the winter. So in probably about three or four months, it's going to be released. It's under pre-order right now. And I've had to rewrite specific chapters in the book because some of the case studies and some of the recommendations I made, I didn't follow them myself. So I had to go back and revisit the advice I was given. And sometimes, you know, in life, when you give advice and you don't follow it, it's okay to go back and make changes and admit things change and, and you can rewrite uh, specific things. So the book's going to come out in the winter and you know I'm very excited about it. It's a how-to guide for founders to prepare themselves for various rounds of private fundraising. And, and it has a lot of helpful advice and case studies in there to follow. It's really just great to hear the fact that you actually went back and reworked some parts that you weren't being truthful to yourself and the book because you didn't follow through with that advice. You know, linking back to exactly what you said earlier about how you want to really make that change and and give back. So it's all very linked together and it's really great to hear. I mean, what urged you to write a book? Like, how did that idea or what inspired you to become an author? I'm an avid reader. I've always read books. Um, I always have a book in my hand or whether it's a hardcover or a paperback. And my kids are avid readers. And, you know, we tend to read a lot in the family. And I read a lot of nonfiction and a lot of nonfiction books too, business books, management books, motivational books. When I went back to school, I went back to graduate school to do my MBA at Cambridge. And I was inspired to write and to come up with an idea to write a book about what I've experienced in my life and what I've experienced in business. And I just felt that my first book, you know, Capital, Raising Money in a Digital World, I personally experienced everything that I wrote in the book. And then, you know, as I said to you in the previous question, when things changed, market changed and and what the advice I gave changed, you know, I went back and rewrote it. And it's okay to be adaptable as well, you know, and make changes. And so I always wanted to Give my, you know, write a book and talk a little bit about my experiences because 20 years I've been in this space of, you know, venture capitalist space. And I have a lot of interesting stories and a lot of great advice that I've picked up along the way. And I wanted to share that with people. And it was just a great way for me to share it by writing a book. Well, that's amazing to hear. And I'm sure that it's definitely going to have that impact and it's going to resonate with the audience that you're looking at. It's always great to give off the advice that we have or through the experience that we have gone through. And I think that's the most effective way generally is to read about it or to talk to people that have been in the industry for a while. It's so helpful and inspires us to keep going even when it gets tough. Aran, when you first started working on this book, what was that initial target reader that you had in mind? You know, my target reader was always going to be startup founders, people that had a startup or created a company and they wanted advice and to learn how to grow. Because, you know, I'm dealing with startup founders all day long and I get asked the same questions all the time. But then I sort of widened my target reader to be anyone that has a back of the envelope idea and, you know, is on the fence about taking the plunge to go and take risk and set up a startup. That audience is huge. You know, it can be C-suite level executives. It can be graduate students in business school or any type of uh, study that has an idea for a business. And so the target reader is so wide. And I think the publisher that picked up the book realized that in the nonfiction space, the audience for this book and the target reader is just so diverse. Anyone who's thinking of setting up a business to people that already have a business to also more, you know, late stage business owners that are just looking for creative ways of raising capital. That's what I was also thinking, just based off of the title, it seems like that would be your 
audience, especially because those are the people that you generally work with as well. So out of the entire book or just out of your own life experience, if you had one piece of advice that you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs and investors, what would it be? Probably my biggest advice would be be authentic. Don't change who you are, what you're about. You know, if you are a scientist and your focus is on finding the cure for a specific disease and this is your life's mission, stick with it. You know, don't change who you are just because investors say you should work on the cure for this or you should do that. Be authentic, be focused, focus on one thing and do it well. Be an expert, be the best at that one area of focus. If you were a researcher and you studied immunology for 10 years in a university lab and that's your focus, then stick with it. That's your area of expertise. People will invest in you because of your authenticity, because of your focus and drive and charisma. I think my one piece of advice is be authentic and be focused. Be true to yourself. I think that's the best advice that anyone can really hear. It's so important, as you said, to just stay true to yourself. And I think that's the scary thing about the world is that we're always trying to be something that we're not just to fit in. It's so hard to be unique nowadays because you get shamed for it or whatever it is. So it's just so important to push through and and stand your ground. So thank you for that advice. I'm sure that a lot of people will definitely appreciate it. And I guess I also wanted to ask you, what has been your proudest moment throughout your journey so far? I would say being able to involve my two boys in my business. And, you know, my boys are both very well read. They're into like Greek mythology. They're into the classics. They're very well read and well spoken. And whenever I need names for companies like Theseus, they named my own holding company. They've named a number of the companies that I've helped co-found or create or raise capital for or take public. And probably one of my proudest moments was seeing my kid's picture up on Times Square after a uh, bell ringing ceremony for on the NASDAQ for one of the companies that I helped co-found and helped them raise close to $70 million and eventually take them public on NASDAQ. And my kid's pictures were on Times Square. The company and NASDAQ were congratulating them. They actually named the company. They came up with the name for that company and they saw it go through the progression of almost two years from the time they named it in, in our kitchen at home here in London to the bell ringing ceremony on NASDAQ with their photos up there. And so I think that was a proud moment for me to see this journey happen. And, you know, it was not a quick journey. It was, you know, almost a year and a half process. And, you know, we're now like almost two and a half years later and the company's thriving. And every day people say the name and talk about the company. And it's a company that my two boys, uh, they named it. That's amazing. May I ask approximately what age they are? Right now, my oldest son is 13 and my youngest son is 11. And when they named the company, they were 11 and nine. That's insane. Yeah. And it was named after, you know, it was a uh, Greek mythology. All their reading is uh, paid off and investment in books and education. I did look up the name and it was a king of Athens, if I'm not wrong. So it's pretty impressive and it's such a strong name. Definitely makes you stand out, I think, from the crowd as well. I'm just like mind blown. That's amazing that they were so young and were able to have such a, I guess, in a way, like almost a little bit of a legacy now with the other company being named from something that they came up with. That's amazing for such young boys. I'm sure they brag about it all the time. No, they don't brag about anything. They're almost embarrassed about certain things. And then we'll probably get into that on another time. It's very great that you were able to instill that in them to stay humble throughout everything. It sounds like 
you have a great relationship with them. My next question is, Ron, what are your future plans? So I know you said your book is coming out sometime in the winter. What's next? Sure, I have a, a couple other books that I wrote in the past, you know, years. Since my plan was really a series of books, this book was already supposed to be out on bookshelves in people's hands, and I had a series. I planned, you know, sort of a three book series. One was this book, which is about keeping your company private. I had another book, which is about um, raising money and taking your company public, and then I had another one which was more about the startup process. It was almost like a bridge between the two. I have two other books coming out. What's quite ironic is is that my second book is coming out before the first book. Yes. The second book is going to be released as an ebook first, then as a paperback, whereas the first book is being released as a hardcover. And so we can't release an ebook before the hardcover comes out just because of the distribution and the publishing. So I've been very active in my writing and publishing. I'm working on also uh, mentoring and guiding founders, whereas before we were always we would only mentor and work with companies that we had uh, large positions in either by help co-founding them or, or helped investing in them. I'm now working with a number of founders on a one-to-one basis to help mentor them and guide them through their journey. And you know that's been a very interesting uh, transition for me as well. And so I've been keeping busy. It's amazing that you're doing so much to give back to the industry. And mentorship is definitely something that goes a long way. I think that seems that it's all you're only focusing on one person or one company, but it can go a long way down the line. So that's really great to hear. And we'll definitely be watching what you're up to and looking forward to your books. It's quite interesting that your second book is already ready to go, but the first one hasn't even been out yet. So you definitely have been keeping busy. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And we've actually come to the segment of our show where I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, just a little game show that we like to play. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So Ron, how do you start your day? I start my day. I wake up uh, every day around six o'clock in the morning and I start it with my Nespresso coffee and looking at my to-do list that I wrote the night before, trying to see what I have planned. Great. Okay. So what is your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby right now is uh, playing golf. I play with my kids uh, once or twice a week and I've really taken to it the past uh, couple of years. What would you say is your hidden talent? My hidden talent. Wow. Um, my hidden talent is probably my memory, remembering people's names. You know, when I started my MBA program, all of us, there were 54 of us in the program and we went around and everyone had to, I remembered everybody's name and repeated it. So I would say I have a really good memory and a good grasp of names. That's amazing. I'd like to believe that I'm good with names, but I don't know if I'd remember 54 names in one go. So that's really impressive. Okay, last one. How would you describe yourself in only three words? Creative, impulsive, charismatic. Oh, those are all good ones. Okay, well, that was really good. You were very rapid with those. So that's great. And just before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you for the long anticipated green pill moment question. So Ron, if you could take the green pill to go back in time and just change one thing about your journey, what would it be? If I could go back in time and change one thing, I would be less flashy. I would be more about thinking long term rather than short term. Too many people today, they make money very quickly in their younger years and they buy fancy cars and fancy watches and homes. And you want everybody to see your success and you want to show to the world how successful you've been as you progress into your 30s and 40s. And you know, now I'm touching 50. You realize that you really just want to live a life of anonymity. You don't care about being flashy, driving a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. These are just 
things that are, they don't give you any enjoyment, real enjoyment in life. They're just quick things that give you a quick fix. Whereas, you know, that same money, you could be saving it or looking to the future for investments. You could be using it for education. You could be using it for charity. So I think it's really important. If I could go back and change that one thing, I would have spent money on more important things and life-changing things. It would have been greater for me to do certain things for friends, family, or people in need or charity rather than for myself and buying flashy things to show off to the world. And I'm trying my best right now to make up for those poor decisions, you know, 20, 30 years ago, and hopefully uh, have enough time left in this world to do good and make up for that. Well, that was a really great thing that you just mentioned, because I think that that is something that every young person needs to hear. I think we hear it all the time, but we just don't take it seriously because when you're young, you're just so focused on those things, like you said, and just showing how successful you are and what you can do and not really thinking long term. I don't know if you've heard of this term YOLO, which was like a huge thing, you know, you only live once and people would just use that as an excuse to just do all the things that they want to do without thinking long term. Of course. It's just really great to hear about your journey. And, and I think whatever you learned was because of the experience you went through. And I think had you not gone through that and not been maybe flashy or spent that money, you wouldn't be able to reflect on it now and teach your sons to not focus on those things. So I think everything in life is like a give or take. And um, it's definitely an experience that you probably had to go through to be the person that you are. But yeah, thank you so much, Ron, for sharing your really interesting story and fantastic journey. It was very insightful, for sure. And I'm sure there were a lot of great pieces of advice that people have picked up from this. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to be on your podcast and I've been listening to it for a while. And it's very, very interesting. So I appreciate uh, you having me on it. It was our pleasure. And just before we wrap up, are you on any social media platforms or LinkedIn where people could maybe follow you and your journey? Any websites? Yes, 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 of course. What I'll do is I'll send you uh, all my details, but I'm on Instagram, you know, which is at ronbauer888. I'm on Twitter at ronbauer888. Also Facebook and LinkedIn. My website is www.thescapital.com. And you know, my personal website is ronbauer, R-O-N-B-A-U-E-R.vc. What I'll do is we'll send you all of these details after and you can, uh, you can put them up. I'm, I'm really happy to always hear from people. People can reach out to me. They can set up a discovery call with someone from my team. And, you know, we're always excited and interested to hear new business ideas, new ventures, get involved and help uh, founders, whether it's through investment or mentoring or charitable endeavors, we're, we're happy to get involved in a number of ways. We'll add all these links for the audience in the show notes so they can definitely find you on all the platforms. It's great that you're involved with so many platforms. Generally, people are like, oh, I'm only on LinkedIn. <laughs> so it's great to hear that you're everywhere and easy to reach. So that's great. Thanks again so much, Ron. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today and uh, wish you all the best with your future endeavors. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.